Welcome to In The Telling. I'm Stephen G. Fulwood. And I'm Miranda Mims, and we are the co-founders of the Nomadic Archivist Project. The application period for the NAP Scholarship is now open and will run through March 31st. We encourage students, early career and independent archivists of African descent to apply. You can find more information at our website, thenomadicarchivistproject.com. Today's guest is Vernon Textel. Vernon is a journalist at the Duarte Tay newspaper and public communications officer at the Sartale Petroleum Company in Perivo, Suriname. He was born in 1975 and was raised by his mother, Muriel Textel. When he isn't working, Vernon enjoys running, going to the gym, nature, friends, and traveling. On today's episode, Vernon shares a bit of his own family history, starting with himself, his parents, and then maternal grandparents. He also talks about what Africanness means in Suriname and how African people came to Suriname and how people of African descent identify themselves today. Vernon, welcome to In the Telling. It is great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We appreciate you um, taking time out to talk with us today. Just for a little mm -hmm. context, Vernon and I met in 2007 in Amsterdam. It was my first trip to Amsterdam. And we met through a friend of ours named Anjamu, who was also a guest on In the Telling. And although we kept in touch, it would be nearly a decade later before I saw you again in Paramaribo mm -hmm. when you reached out to me to participate in Suriname's first gay pride celebration in 2016. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I hosted you in New York and we've seen each other technically on three different continents. So yes, that's your, that's, <laughs> that's really, really nice. <laughs> to think about how, you know, this friendship has developed over the years. And so it's good to get to know you differently through this particular interview and a little more about your family history. So maybe we should begin with you, Vernon. Tell us who you are and then we'll go from there. Well, um, as you said, I'm Vernon Texel. I'm, I'm the third child out of six from my mom. Um, yeah, it's a typical black family, Surinamese style, because um, it's, 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 it's really um, matriarchal, the black community in Suriname. You know, you have a, a strong mother with children who don't necessarily have the same father. And that's how the community has uh, developed. And I'm a product of that, you know, so uh, wouldn't have it buddy, any other way, you know. So uh, I am, uh, I, I like, I'm a journalist. I actually, I was a journalist, but, and then I left to work for the company I work for now, Statsori, the petroleum company. Mm -hmm. And after six years, they asked me again, would you help us uh, manage the newspaper? And I said, okay, I'll do it part-time. And I even got permission from my current job. So it's all legal. <laughs> <laughs> So Vernon, um, what does it mean to you being from a typical Black Surinamese family? Tell us what you mean by that. Well, it's, it's more like a uh, woman are, uh, have a very strong uh, influence on raising children, you know. So, and especially in the Black families, uh, mothers are like the centerpiece of the family and mm -hmm. um, Actually, I, I, in my own opinion, it's it, it's 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 a leftover. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Thing from slavery, you know, when slaves were just inventory, and if you had a strong male slave, he was there to breed. 
you know like and um, and and i think that 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 state in the mind of the black man uh in suriname and so you always have uh, so now you have a lot of single mothers with a lot of children from different fathers but you will never hear us speak about half a brother or half, half a sister that's not how we talk about in Suriname it's you're either my brother or not so my mom itself my eldest brother has um, has his father me my sister and my two sisters are from one uh, another father and my two youngest siblings have their have another father so that's how it went and not to be disrespectful to my mom i mean i love her to that and i'm glad she raised me the, to become the man i am but one of the main things also in the black community is that because it's it, in general it, they are economically not that or in case how to say strong so if you if a woman got a child with another man and he left her and she found another man she would get pregnant again in the hopes that the guy would stay but most of the time they left again and in Suriname we have to say you can give a man a child that doesn't mean he will stay with you so yeah, uh, so and and, and how many the, children how many siblings do you have i have two brothers and three sisters mm. okay. i'm in the middle okay. mm. Mm -hmm. all right and so in what was your relationship like with your father Actually, um, I know who he was, and I, I, but I never could say that. I always started talking to him just like he was just another person. I remember when Steve contacted me to have uh, this, uh, do this program with you guys. Uh, um, I called one of my sisters from father's side with whom I have a really uh, close bond. And I asked her a bit about... Um, her, I always said her father, her father. And one day she looked at me, she said, um, I know it's hard for you, but he's your father too. <laughs> but we, we laughed about it because she knows. It. But she said, I know you don't have the emotional uh, connection with him. So it's okay with me. So mm -hmm. I saw him. Um, I saw him on his deathbed, you know, because of my two uh. sisters. I went because I didn't feel like going. And they like, you know, women are a bit more sensitive. Like, yeah, let's go, let's go. I said, okay, I go. I went, um, I was in a funeral. And afterwards, I, 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 I was glad I did, you know, even if yeah. I didn't see him, I know who he was and attending his funeral was like a, a closure to me. And I can remember that mm. it was one of the reasons I went to Stephen in 2017 because I had a very terrible breakup and he knows about it and there were, was one small time like I wish I had ever drank a beer with my father that's the only regret I got mm. but other than right. that I'm 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 more practical like this is the situation I embrace it and just live on my mom's still alive I'm glad for that so uh, she turns 75 in December so oh wonderful mm -hmm. And with your, um, with growing up, was your father mm -hmm. around? Did you see him, even though you didn't necessarily think, oh, there's dad? I saw him a few times when he visited uh, my mom. And uh, I know he was a police officer. Um, but my mom, uh, uh, she was always like keeping us uh, 
not from him, but she didn't want to have, cause any uh, trouble okay. because he was actually a married man. Mm-hmm. Mm, so, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you mentioned um, with this idea of this typical Black Sionimese family that mm. the, the, the strength of the, the matriarch within the mm-hmm. family was really strong and influential. Yeah. How do you feel like that has impacted um, your perspective? Well, um, in regards well, to the family dynamic, yeah, no, I if I never had like how to say it regrets. It's strange, but I, for me, it was what it was, and um, but the, I, as I said, the regret I had that I never had like a good talk with my father, or you know, you know, talk about man stuff. Um, some yeah, sometimes I even wonder like uh, like. Mm, Am I too soft because I was raised by my mother or something? And I'm not soft, believe me. <laughs> but sometimes you get these, 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 these doubts, you know, like uh, what would it be if I, he was a very strong influence? But saying that it like uh, had a really big impact on me as I see some people have that uh, because of the, uh, the father is not around, they get astray and uh, end up in trouble and everything because they have this psychological problem to dealing with it. I never had that. So, mm-hmm. and I had a stepfather too. We weren't on good terms, but he was actually keeping the sort of balance in life, you know? So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you had a really strong connection with your mother. I still have, you know, yeah. um, I still have, she helped me. She helped me a lot. growing up and I had growing up I had like the position of the middle child so I would like go on my own path and you know because the two elders had the responsibilities for the younger and the younger children they just could do everything they want so I it wasn't neglect so in that sense I was a bit free so I, I remember I could get my mom to do stuff for me and my brothers and sisters didn't like it because for me, I think she was like, okay, I see you farewell without too much of my attention. So if you ask me something, I'll do it for you. That's how I mm-hmm. interpreted it. I don't say okay. it like that, but, um, and in November, 2019, I, I was about to visit Europe and I already bought tickets, everything. And then suddenly I, it dawned to me, I, I said, do you want to go on a vacation? And she said, yes. So I bought her a ticket and took her to Europe she, with my two, I have two brothers there, my youngest brother and my older brother, they live in Holland and my youngest sister, she lives in Belgium. So I was there for three weeks. I left her there for three months. She was so happy with that because uh, 2011, uh, she had a minor stroke. So she went into this uh, depression, spiral depression. And so it was really hard to witness because my mom was a very strong woman, independent. And she was like playing soccer, playing basketball. And suddenly you see your mom like nearly crippled. But so I thought like, I think she needs to get out of it for a while. And she she was like, I remember she was there and she called me. I was already back in Suriname. She, she's like, Will you buy me a ticket again for the summer? <laughs> and I said, you have six children. If everybody puts something, you can go again. <laughs> so 
So That's yes, great. I'm I'm still. Uh, I always tell my friends I'm so glad I can pick up the phone. I don't I don't see her that much anymore, but mm-hmm. I can still pick up the phone and say, "Hey, mom, how are you?" And one time she right. she even told me like, "I'm not that. You know where I am." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how she can be really sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we were building this conversation before, or planning this conversation, you yeah. told me a really great story about your mom's parents, your maternal yeah. parents, mm-hmm. um, Esseline and Johan. And so yes. talk a little bit about their your connection to them and how they met and so forth. Well, actually, you know, my, 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 my grandfather was also a typical black man, you know, uh, Nothing of the sort, like some emotions would go out of him instead of my grandmother. She was, you know, how it's like, I, you know, when she died, I felt it. But they were born in the early 20th century. My grandmother was 1914 and my grandfather two years later. And recalling on how old my uncle, my eldest uncle would be now, I, they met in the early mid-30s, uh, 1930s. You know, and for that time, it was really big. My grandmother, as the picture I showed you, was like mm-hmm. this light-skinned Indian woman. And my grandfather was a black Af- African Surinamese man. Mm-hmm. And... The, 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 you know, I think you guys have a lot of more experience with it in the States, like the color deficient and race, like you cannot mingle uh, because black people are this and that. So I even, uh, my mom, when she tells the story, she always laughs because friends of my grandfather always joke around that he took my, uh, my grandmother with voodoo, like hocus pocus, just to make her fall in love with him. But that's just a story. And so she was also a a really an uh, active force. I I cannot remember a deal as a child that I didn't see my grandmother. We lived separately, but we were there like almost every day, you know? And uh, the thing is that she's Indian from her grand, her her, her father came from India as an immigrant after the abolishment of slavery. The Dutch people had an agreement with the British and so they imported um, East Indian immigrants. So, and she's a descendant of that. And that's how- Why did they come to Paramaribo? Why did they, um, why would they um, come after? Well, because after slavery, and then you had a, like a, a, slavery was abolished in Suriname in 1863, but then you had a 10 years period, which you were now still had to work, but with a salary, it was like laughable. It was so little money. Mm-hmm. And after those 10 years, you know, the enslaved people or former enslaved people were like, no, and so there was a void in 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 in, in workers in in okay. you know laborers. So that's how they imported. It started with uh, East Indian people and also people from Indonesian descent. Okay. You know, Suriname is the only country outside of Indonesia that has a large Indonesian population. Mm-hmm. So and my grandmother and I remember sometimes I could overhear because. Color was very important back then, you know, like mm-hmm. if you had, if you were like black as the night and you found yourself a light-skinned spouse, 
the whole family was glad about it because it was like opening up your color, you know, like you and uh, it gets lighter and lighter and right. um, mm-hmm. and it was horrible thinking back then, but that's how the society was, you know, like the lighter your spouse were or the lighter you were, the lighter your children, the more chance they had to climb the social ladder. While mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Uh, yes. the chances were very slim. Mm-hmm. Back then. Back then. Uh, uh-huh. Can you expand a little bit and talk a little bit about Africanness in Suriname and how it was different or how it is different um, from Black thought in the United States? And, and you know, in, I think in the 1960s, 50s, 60s, there was this movement going on, we Egisani, and it's Surinamese for our own thing. And it was more like, uh, especially um, promoted by black people. Like mm-hmm. we, they wanted independence from Holland and uh, independency from Holland. So uh, this movement started and it uh, ended up in Suriname getting independent in, on the 25th of November, 1975. I was born like three weeks after that, only two weeks after that. Okay. Um, but and you already, you know, like uh, black people have a lot of, uh, especially the black, because you have, there are two types of black people in Suriname. You have the black people who live in the coastal area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call, in Suriname, we call them Creoles mm-hmm. um, because they are more mixed with Europeans. And you have black people live in the interior and that were the, uh, descendant of enslaved people who fled to the Amazon jungle to become free of slavery. And so they, they more, they, in the interior, they have more preserved the African way of living. So if you were, I remember Andrew Zimmerman was here, you know, like an, uh, the guy who eats a lot of stuff and he was in here and I'll say, you can find it on YouTube. I'll send you it. Okay. And he was, in such a, in one of these villages, and he says, like, if I look around me, I'm in Africa, but I'm actually in South America. Ah. So, and Suriname has, is also the only country outside of Africa where black people are still live in a tribal community with really strong tradition. And coming back to your question, like, um, it was forbidden for blacks to, you know, I think the same happened in uh, the States, that every thing about yourself was knocked out of you, you know? So you, they lost their identity. And when they had this, uh, we call them winter prayer, like a spiritual festivities where with drums and other instrument, the rhythmic music and uh, people start to get in this trance, you know, like, because in the, in, in the Surinamese black culture, um, ancestor worship is really big okay and you know so and when you have these festivities it's like you're overtaken by the spirit of your ancestors and they can have messages or you know just have fun or something like that and that started no i'm glad no it's you can do it just at your home but okay uh, back in colonial time it was only done in uh people went far away out of the uh, town to do it because uh, it wasn't uh, prohibited. But a few years back, um, 
the government recognized the Winti religion. Winti is like wind or spirit, you know, like now it's recognized. And we even have this, I uh, recently I talked to my, we, we were friends and I was laughing. I said, oh, we have our own Pope. They call her, it's a woman and she's like the head of the Winti religion, you know, put it in perspective. That was, that's what I joked about. Like, oh, we have our own mm. Pope. And, you know, we call her and it's just like a high priestess something, you know. And now people, and you, what I like as well is that a lot of black women now uh, carry their hair natural, you know, out with the, you know, the, uh, and black being black is emphasized really positive now uh, as like 30, 40 years or way back there where it's like, Oh, how can you be black and some? I even joked about, uh, made joke about it, like, like um, because they were talking about reparation and they estimated like if if Dutch would if the Dutch would have com- to compensate black people in Suriname, it would be like more than fifty million yeah. <laughs> billion and uh, euros. And I was like, right. all these people want to be white will suddenly be remember that 10 generations again they had a black grandmother <laughs> you know so but now it's it's more you know it's positive and i remember the, a, a discussion at steve um you invited a lot of friends and so they, we had this interesting discussion about being black in america and it's okay. answering the other part of your question and i was quiet and um Suddenly, you have, I don't know what his name is again. He was, I think, in Dominican Republic or something, or Puerto Rico, and he came back, a friend. And he told me, you're quiet. I said, yes, because I, I'm black, but I cannot relate to your experience. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, because here we, we I see uh, uh, now you have, uh, when Obama was elected president, black people were so glad. Even I was glad. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and now you have a black vice president, and I read the news about the new defense secretary. Right. For me, growing up, I only had black, black, black presidents, black. And, and here's the other way around. Right. The new president that was sworn in last year is the first Indian president in 25 years. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Discrimination here is more social based, you know, like. Okay. Because believe me. The rich people, you have rich Indian, rich black people, rich light skin, rich everything. They um, they stay in their own um, community, uh, 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 you know, their, their own community, the societal block. Class base. And then, yes. So here, that's the, that's the correct word. Mm-hmm. When it, does it show up differently? You you talked about the difference in mm-hmm. between um, how communities were shaped throughout mm-hmm. history versus yeah. on the in the coastal area versus the interior. Yeah. Does that sort of discrimination show up, or do those same um, class issues show up the same way? Um, let me give tell you one thing: the blacks in the coast discriminate the blacks in the interior. That and that you cannot. Imagine that, and it's so institutionalized. Mm. You know, I mean, like if if a if you're a black daughter coming home with a 
someone who who is descended from people in the interior. We call them maroons. They they prefer to be called maroons. Um, it was like a big. It was a big no no. Like no, you can. And in general, if they we call the Unjuka people, the Unjuka people, but it has a. Uh, that's the name of the tribe. But if okay. somebody told tells you you act like a Juka, that's really derogatory. Uh, mean you know like you you stupid. You act like a monkey or something. You're from the bush. So, but and that and the thing is. Uh, Everybody discriminates the maroons. Okay. Yeah, the blacks in coastal area are no no better. But within the things I like, let me talk about a bit the positive thing is that you see the new generation just commingles. There is uh, a lot of uh, uh, mixed group. I have a mixed group friend, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and that's one of the main things I like about uh, our ethnic diversity. And one of the reasons why they don't have all these eruptions of, of violence between ethnic groups is like, we all, we have five, five main groups, like the Blacks, the East Indian, Chinese, then you have Japanese and the Maroons. Mm-hmm. They're, like a bit bigger or a bit small than the other. So nobody rule can rule each other. Like in, in, in the state, you have a predominantly location okay. and um, 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 diversity with, and then, you know, like the, then, and then, then the dominance is really big. But here it's like, no one is really can dominate the other group. So we keep each other in balance. And I think that's what's uh, keeping us at, peace with each other but they're on under the surface as soon as you go under there they're really harsh um standpoint that uh, mm-hmm. some ethnic groups have about other people mm-hmm. one of the main things of um african people of african descent is that every year of at, at the end of the year the last day they make like this big bowl with uh, a lot of uh, perfume and flowers and 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 I don't know how you call it, if you have a name for it we call it sweet sweet water sweet water sweet water and yes and everybody you know like you go and you take a bath like to leave all the negativity behind in the old chair and go on and oh. in the beginning it it started with black people and then the woman who did it um, she moved to the independent square in Paramaribo mm-hmm. And now, you know, she got, uh, people came and it were mostly black people, but now people of all ethnicity come. And sometimes the line is so long because you can take, a, you can bring a bottle or something to take some home. And so that's, that's one of the positive things. And I know a lot of non-black people who like the Winky Praise, like I saw the religious uh, feast where people go in these other dimensions. A lot of non, I have some non-black friends who really enjoys those, uh, and they ask me like, when there is when is there uh, a party to go? I said I don't know because um, the thing is, I was more I was raised more in my mother's family, so and that's um, my, that's my, my 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 grandfather, my grandmother was Indian, as I told you. So we weren't. I didn't grow up with the strong African influence. 
not until a later age I got involved a bit and, and still I don't know anything, you know. I mean, sometimes some things I like when I go, uh, but some things I'm like, oh, I don't need that, you know, so on. Um, but but it's it's turning for the best now. You know, people are yeah. really doing their own stuff and everybody's okay with it. And now the thing is, uh, you know, we, we also had a Christian-based society. So when you're a politician was sworn in, you have the, the Bible and a preacher and, uh, you know, now even right. uh, parliamentarians are going with, you have a few who just sworn in the traditional way. They came with the Winty priester, Priestess and they did their stuff and everybody was okay with it. Nobody says something else. It's because we are, we are different. And one of the things that also keeps us uh, in balance is that no matter the difference, we respect each other's uh, culture, religion, and uh, you know, so on. Vernon, thank you so much for sharing these stories with us and your perspective um, with us. It's been very interesting thank talking you. with you. Thank you again for having me. Um, actually, this is the first time I, 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 I got to tell some of my story because, you know, I don't know my whole family history. It's too fragmented. You know, you don't want to even go to my the side of my bi biological father. That's that's like a maze. You know, I heard some and I even started to laugh and I said, oh, stop. It's too confusing. I'm just happy where I am now. It's nice to know your uh, where you come from. Memre de Mbigiwang. It is remember the, our ancestors. That's what it means. Yes.